For the last handful of years, Edwin over at City Built Brewing has been brewing some of the best hazies, fruited sours, and high-octane stouts in the state. This past weekend, he came into our viral studio to talk about the history of him and craft beer, his history in teaching, and what the future will hold for City Built Brewing, including the brand new food menu that they are implementing here shortly. We learn about how the Run the Jewels collaboration came about and where the ideas for his award-winning can art comes from and who the artists are. So close your eyes, don't get captured, and listen to the blockbuster night we had with him. This is Better on Draft. Whether your beer is in a bottle, can, or glass, kick back and relax. It's Better on Draft. Welcome, everybody, to the Michigan Beer Series, episode number 36. My name is Ken. Thank you so much for joining us. We truly appreciate it. It is February 17th. I am here, and I am drinking a mean old Tom uh, from Maine Beer Company. Uh, we do have my co-host Rob in studio. Uh, I don't know if he is. There he is. Yes, what are you drinking, sir? I'm here. I'm, just, I'm like dark-winged duck. I'm just like hanging in the darkness. Uh, I've got myself... Um, a little bit of a, a mixed, um, whatchamacallit, what I forgot what, what Metropolitan kept calling it, a negative, a, a, a negative, uh, bourbon and ginger ale, uh, courtesy of the spiritless, uh, Kentucky 74. And I guess courtesy of Costco, cause this is where I get my ginger beer is the Bundabug, uh, ginger beer. And with us in our virtual studio is our guest. Why don't you uh, introduce yourself, tell us what you're drinking, and uh, tell us a little bit about uh, the, the brewery that you work for. Yeah, my name is Edward Colazzo, and I am drinking Alemania, which is a Mexican lager. You won't find it say Mexican lager anywhere in the can. We'll fix that very soon. And uh, I'm from City Built Brewing Company, and we're in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And what do you do over at City Belt? I'm one of the owners, and I I do all the things. I uh, I'm the uh, I'm like the grout, like I oh. connect it all. And so, uh, right now I'm the warehouse grunt. Uh, I brewed for most of 2020 and 21. Um, yeah, like I'm one of the founding members. I have uh, a number of partners, but I'm I'm part of the day to day at City Belt. When did you guys open? We opened in 2017, uh, just after Memorial Day weekend, or actually Memorial Day weekend was our our grand opening. Now, choosing to brew in Grand Rapids, <laughs> you, you gotta you gotta have a lot of um, energy because you're going up against some of the the highest competition over there. You've got founders that was already there back in 2016, 2017 when you opened. Um, of course, there are many breweries that have come afterwards. What was your decision to open up in the Grand Rapids uh, area and especially Grand Rapids proper? Uh, it's where I lived. It's where I live. Uh, it's a big part of it. Um, we knew that we were joining a pretty busy community. Uh, filled with lots of talented brewers. And our our hope was just to bring a different point of view uh, as it pertained to our food menu, uh, which we'll talk a little bit about that. That's changing a little bit currently. And then uh, beer-wise. And so we just saw a lot of traditional beer being brewed uh, at a high level. And we wanted to uh, 
take what we saw and just change it up just a little bit and maybe freshen it up. Well, I guess that brings, brings the question, what is your, your belief in beer? What was the, what did you want to bring to the table that you felt maybe wasn't being brought by other breweries? At the time you couldn't find an everyday hazy IPA around town. And so we leaned into, we leaned into that, uh, took some time to get to learn how to make that style well uh, and to get some of the nuances that we appreciated in other beers that we had tasted and uh, really enjoyed. I mean, when I was homebrewing before we started, I was making big, big stouts with lots of uh, flavors in them, Uh, hazelnut, peanut butter, you know, coconut, all that stuff. Um, And I always, I kept thinking that, man, my beers are always finishing like at 1030. Uh, for those people still not using, like, I don't use Play-Doh. I mean, my brewer does, but, but, uh, uh, yeah, they were, they were finishing very thick and I didn't realize that I was onto something. And now like we have beers that finish at 1050, 1055, which makes them very viscous and thick. And so, uh, and then we started doing heavily fruited sours. Uh, they aren't really sours. They're just fruited beers with lactose. Now, before we, we get into the, the fruited beers with lactose as the trends have changed, a lot of our fans are not necessarily home brewers or brewers themselves. A lot of these people are you know fans of craft beer that love hearing the stories of how people got into craft beer. Um, so when you're yeah. throwing around numbers, I, I personally don't even understand what that means. So why don't you explain a little bit more about those numbers that you kind of threw out um, and, and kind of like the phrasing and explain a little bit in depth. Sure. Um, so when we're when we're making beer, we're looking to measure what the ABV is going to be. So home brewer is going to going to measure the starting gravity. And so typically, uh, if you're making like a six percent beer, your starting gravity is going to be around ten sixty five, and it's measuring sugar uh, in in the in the fluid or liquid. And so. Uh, we use a hydrometer to test that, or a home brewer would use a hydrometer to test that. And then when you ferment the beer out, obviously, or not obviously, but yeast will eat sugar and basically shit alcohol. And so when it does that, that conversion leaves less sugar. And so we, we measure the sugar at the beginning and we measure the sugar at the end. And then there's a formula that we, uh, our equation that we put those numbers into, and that tells us what our ABV is. And so at our level uh, and the brewers that, you know, that work at city built now, there's two different ways to measure that stuff. One is using uh, specific gravity and the other is Play-Doh. So I know less about Play-Doh than I do about specific gravity, but uh, when we mess with beers as much as we do, uh, oftentimes we'll just send that beer out to get tested. And so we'll send a beer out if we're not sure. Uh, and they'll tell us the specific, I mean, they'll tell us everything down to, uh, you know, how many calories are in the beer. That is, as someone who, uh, if you can see behind me, if you guys aren't watching, of course, you could check us out on youtube.com forward slash better on draft. And of course, you can catch us live Friday, 7, 15 p.m. Eastern on twitch.tv forward slash better on draft and facebook.com forward slash better on draft. Um, as I am back on my weight loss journey, I've got my metrics all on a nice little board behind me, which tells me how many drinks I had. You can't really see it, but you can kind of see like a grid over there. Uh, my calorie deficiency. So understanding calories 
um, within beer is something that's very important to me, especially as I'm looking stuff up um, and I make decisions like if I want to have a beer, I'm going to have to drink a Miller Lite because I need to stay under the calories. Um, Are you guys providing this information to uh, your guests as they come in or um, is this information that you believe is easily obtainable within the internet somewhere? Uh, we're not providing it and I don't know how easy it is to find. Um, there's a, there's a, I'm sure if you go online and Google it, there's a few, there's a few like uh, very broad statements about, Hey, if you have a 6% beer, it's probably going to be about 300 calories. If you have a 10% beer, it's going to be about 450 but that's not something that we don't have the tools. So every time we do that, we're doing that. If we go beyond doing just the calculation of the equation, uh, it's because we messed with the beer so much that we like, we, there's just no way to know. And, and so we think just to be, uh, 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 responsible, I guess, you know, we don't want to tell you that you're, I mean, we made a beer and used a weird yeast uh, that we had never used it before, and we ended up making like a, almost a twenty percent beer. It also tasted like crap, oh. and so that particular beer, uh, which ended up we did barrel age and serve as thirteen hour. Um, actually, we did not barrel age that beer, but we did serve it as a peanut butter stout. Uh, but we what we did is we brewed another stout that was about ten percent, and we pushed a hundred gallons of this one beer stout into the, what was 13 hour and then hundred gallons out and hundred gallons back in. And we just were trying to figure out how we could make it not taste so, uh, alcoholic. I don't know. It just tasted like, uh, like you could start your car with it and, uh, didn't want to dump it. It was during COVID. And so we had boiled this beer for, we just had so much time into this beer. We boiled it for 13 hours. We fermented it and it had been sitting for like three weeks because we had time. And then we realized it just tasted like crap. And so by the time that beer was done, uh, when we, we basically got it from like 19.87% down to 15 and a half percent. And, uh, we'll never make a beer like that again, but we needed to know what, you know, what the alcoholic, you know, how much alcohol is in that beer. And so actually New Holland Brewing Company, uh, one of their, actually the, uh, the individual, his name's Dominic, who's in charge of the, um, oh, what's the big stout that they do? Uh, Dragon's Milk. Dragon's Milk. He's like, yeah. the yeah, he's the brand ambassador for that. He lives in the building that City Boat's in. So we get to talk to him and I was like, is there any way you guys would test this beer for us? And they've been very, uh, very uh, gracious in helping us figure that out for some of the beers that we make now before uh i ask one more question i do want to bring in nick nick welcome what are you drinking over there on mute nick you're muted <laughs> i even gave you a warning saying you know you would think that after all these years of doing this via remote and even working remotely you would learn to unmute your darn microphone mm, I still can't you should yes i know you sh- i should but i don't <laughs> I just want to make one point real quick before, before I say what I'm drinking. When Edwin said peanut butter stout, the look on Rob's face. Man. <laughs> I just wanted to point that out. Uh, I am starting off with an El Valorio from Second Self, their Imperial Porter. Oh, good and stuff then, there. Yeah, oh, it's pretty good. It's going down really good. And then I'm going to switch over to something 
little bit lighter. The Mango American Kolsch from Clown Shoes. Just working through all those old beers that we had uh, sent to us hey, for the show. They still taste good. That's all that matters. They're sitting in my fridge. We're good. Uh, when you guys opened Edwin for City Build, did you guys have a food program to start with, or is that something that was uh, added later on? We did have a food program. So we opened up as a Puerto Rican-inspired kitchen. Uh, we had a number of very Puerto Rican-centric dishes. Uh, and then we threw tacos on the menu in case you didn't want that. And uh, we very quickly became uh, a popular taco spot. I think I did a count of how many tacos we sold at the end of uh, 2019. And in the last quarter, we sold like 33,000 tacos. And so, uh, yeah, that that's uh, that's what we opened up with. And uh, what's what's the new change? Because you guys are changing your menu, or you've already changed your menu, or wh- where are you in the process? And what's the menu going to look like? Should I go there next week for your guys's uh, unofficial official uh, pre winter beer fest party? Yeah. Um, so during uh, so you know March 13, twenty twenty, everyone was shut down. And I was talking to our kitchen team and just trying to figure out, like, man, what can we do to kind of stay relevant and, and not even knowing what was going to happen? But what can we do different? And, like, we were kicking around ideas like, hey, let's just let's not open up until 10 p.m. and then stay open until 2 in the morning because, like, I wasn't sleeping. Like, everyone I knew wasn't sleeping. And so I was like, well, people need something to do late. and We're never open late. How about we just change it up and do that, uh, which we did not do. But we were just kicking around different ideas, and uh, our chef now was our sous chef then, and he asked for some time away at the beginning of COVID because his uh, partner uh, was high risk, and none of us really knew what to anticipate. Uh, And frankly, he's like, man, I don't know that you have an appreciation for what's going on, and so I'm just going to bow out. And so uh, he took some time away. And when he came back, he's like, hey, I had this this idea uh, about doing this Creole kitchen like as a pop-up on Thursday, Friday, Saturday. What do you think? And I'm like, man, that's exactly what I've been talking about while you're gone. Uh, I'll come up with a name and uh, let's let's get going. And so uh, within five days, we had art. Um, we had a logo. We had a name. We had a Facebook page. We had an Instagram page. And we're like, all right, let's go. And so uh, they did our, we did our first test kitchen where he basically was testing out one of the first recipes, which was uh, homemade house on Dewey sausage and uh, uh, red beans and rice. And, uh, and so we were hanging out at the brewery and a riot broke out in downtown Grand Rapids. And so like we're like, I don't think this is a good time to launch this new kitchen. Uh, or this is this ghost kitchen uh, while all this is going on. And there was kind of madness happening downtown. And so we basically put it on hold and then we picked another date. Uh, and you weren't allowed to sit in our tap room at the time. Uh, we were, you know, you, you could come in and get to go, but you couldn't sit. And so, you know, that's when ghost kitchens were a thing was when you couldn't sit in people's people's spots. And so a bunch of them popped up around town. And so then, uh, Right as we were about to announce that the kitchen was going to go live, then uh, the governor opened up the state and said, no, you can go inside. 
And so we're like, oh my, you know, like how are we going to, we've been trying to launch this for 30 days. We can't, because things keep changing. So finally we decided, well, let's just open it as a pop-up kitchen. And so for two and a half years, uh, one different dish a week, we've been testing this kitchen and with to great success. So every weekend it sells out. Um, and a, a lot of those, uh, recipes that happened in the last two and a half years are now in our new in our new kitchen menu which is we uh gave chef control of the kitchen and it's called zombie kitchen uh creole pub and that is at city built so you can come into city built and now it's a completely different different uh feel in terms of our foods concerned yeah and that that is definitely something that uh I, I would look forward to to giving a try. Uh, the last time I was actually at City Belt, I think that was, I think around November of 2018. I took a trip out to to Grand Rapids oh, wow. to stop there. Um, so I, I definitely had some tacos when I was out there <laughs> while I was yeah. enjoying some enjoying some of the beer. So uh, definitely excited about that food menu. And and uh, the next time I get out there, I'm, I'm definitely get, stopping by, giving that a try. Uh, first thing I wanted to ask about, uh, and oh my god, I've been like really excited about asking this question. <laughs> um, <laughs> back in 2020. Um, I know what you're you, gonna ask. Yeah, <laughs> Go it, it's something like. Eh, eh, yeah. <laughs> so back in 2020, you guys participated in a collaboration uh, with one of my favorite hip hop duos with Run the Jewels. Um, I did get a chance to enjoy a can of uh, your guys' rendition of No Save Point. Um, awesome track on that album, by the way, as well. Yeah. Um, what went into getting a collab like that established and? Um, I feel like I already know the answer to this part, but would you do that again? Presumably when, you know, RTJ five comes out. Oh man, I can't wait for that album. <laughs> so uh, I'll, first I'll start. You said earlier that you're at city built in 2018. Yeah, man, come back. We've changed so much since then, not just food. Our beer's gotten so much better since then. Uh, we hired a new brewer at the end of 2019 he really turned things around for us. And then mm-hmm. he's since uh, moved on. And, but our current brewer, his name's Patrick Lynch. He came from Upland Brewery. Uh, he's adding a lot of expertise in terms of, uh, like, it's one thing to be a good brewer. It's another thing to be a good business person. So he's doing good things there. So, yeah. anyways. I, 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 I tried. I, I, I tried. I mean, I've been out to Grand Rapids since then. Uh, my, my younger brother, Eddie, uh, we did his bachelor party out in Grand Rapids. It was basically like a three-day bachelor party, but he picked all the breweries. And while I tried to talk him oh. into going to Cedar City Built, it didn't make his list. So, you know, Fair. you know, crap I got to meet this guy. I got to meet this guy. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So the, the RTJ thing was, man, essentially, you know, I drove to work every day. There's nobody on the road. Me and my son, my son wasn't going to school. So I, he came to work with me. Uh, he's now graduated, but, at, you know, he'd come to work and clean kegs and do different things around the brewery or, or run dinner service with us. Um, but I was listening to the third album all the time. Oof. Was it the right? The, uh, it's got crown on it. Crown second is album. Second, second album. album. Yeah. So I was listening to, I was listening to that album all the time and I was listening to crown. And while I was listening to it, it kept, the the lyrics into the fray into the murk into the haze kept coming up 
And so, mm-hmm. you know, you listen to anything enough while you're just driving around or working, your mind starts to move around. And so I was like, man, those would be really good hazy beer names <laughs> into the fray, into the murk, into the haze. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, it's just <laughs> line it up. And so we decided, okay, so let's do that. Uh, and then we decided the fourth one would be a, a sour beer. And then that was Childish Obsession. Also one of the lyrics in the same song. And then I went to my artist, uh, Kyle DeGroff and Elliot Chaltree. And I was like, hey, man, like the albums all have these hands on them. The hands are so iconic and different from album to album. Yep. Tell me what face, come up with the face that matches those hands. And so I remember uh, talking to them and they, they were, our, I mean, we changed our brewer, we changed art, we changed everything in 2020. And so uh, I remember talking to them about that and they're like, this is a dope idea. Let's do it. They weren't that familiar with Run the Jewels uh, at the time. Uh, but I remember Elliot calling me one day. He's like, are you sure you want to do this? And I was like, what are you talking about? I'm just looking for a face. There's no, you know, like I'm not stealing nothing. And he's right. like, he, he, I could tell his, um, real, not reluctance, like he was pausing, you know, but I was like, just run it. Let's go. Already, we have already brewed the beer. We got it. We need art and we needed to get it to the printer. So we get the art and we already had some of the beer packaged. And so I get the art. That means I got at least three more days before I have labels. And I'm like, I see that the hands are, I only wanted the faces and I see the hands are on there and I'm like, oh my gosh. Uh, I don't have time to wait. We need the money out of the spirits. It's expensive beer to make. Uh, just run it. Who cares? It's not that much. And so, uh, it wasn't that big of a, I mean, it was 10 barrels, but it wasn't a ton of packaged product. And so we're like, all right. So ran it, labeled it. And then we were like, well, let's, I bought all the albums, uh, like (laughs) records. And so then we started taking pictures with each can on the record for, and, and like we ended up taking those down because we got a note from uh, a guy named Amici. Amici is the uh, the manager for Run the Jewels, and he's actually from Ann Arbor. Oh, so he's a, so he was a Michigan guy. Well, I imagine his family's not from Ann Arbor, but he was he was from Ann Arbor, living in and uh, born in Ann Arbor. But uh, he's like, hey man, you guys did a great job. It looks great. Uh, however, we have one problem. You stole our IP. Uh, we have, you know, we need to talk. And so I'm like, uh, I, sh- I felt like ignoring them, <laughs> which, which I did for, for a few days. And then we're like, Hey, appreciate the the kind words. Uh, what do you mean? <laughs> and he's like, and he's like, man, we have a beer company and you completely took what we use on our beer. Like, so it wasn't even a run the jewel thing. It's, they have a beer brand that they're leaning into and their thing is to go into different breweries and do collabs and they make, there's money associated with that. And so, uh, so they're like, well, we just want to ask more questions. Can you spend some time with our marketing person? And so she called me and she was the marketing person for run the jewels. She lived in New York, but she was also the marketing person for Pipeworks in Chicago. And so for for lack of a better way to put it like she kind of understood beer people like she knew we weren't making we weren't getting rich on that you know those four batches of beer we're not changing our lives right 
you know, and so, and she knew people connected to us because I knew one of the originators of Pipeworks. And so she kind of had mm-hmm. a good feel for who I was. And so we spent some time on the phone. And at the end of that, I think they thought I was a nice guy. And so they're like, all right, well, will you send us some of the beer? And I'm like, well, that's illegal, but I, I imagine I can figure out something. And so I had some, I had some boxes made. So I had basically took boxes. We spray painted a black. And then if you look at the original cans, the cans have the hands and the head, but the head is cut off just above the eyes. And so yeah. I was like, Hey man, give me the whole head. I just want to send them a box with the whole head. Well, one of the cans, it's got this green skull uh, on it. And so when he finished the head, he, he basically made it look like they scratched RTJ in the head, like right. a, it's like like a tag, but on his head. Mm-hmm. And so I mailed these boxes to uh, Killer Mike, LP, Amici, to the marketing lady, and two other people around the United States. And then I get a call from them. They're like, "Hey, man, we got a problem." And I'm like, "What happened? And, or you know, what changed?" Well, you actually put RTJ in this art. And I'm like, no, I didn't. And they're like, you did. Take a look at take a look at that green face. And I'm looking at the can. I'm like, they're they're where? They're like in the forehead. And I was like, there's no forehead on it. They're like, it's on the box. I was like, oh. <laughs> I was like, no, no, no. You're the only people that ever got those boxes. I had them made just for you guys. And they're like, what? So it blew their minds. <laughs> Right. Then they started really, awesome. and and they're like, "Man, you you know, you ran the jewels on run the jewels at a high level." <laughs> and so, uh, I mean, so they, you know, so they, she came back and was like, "Killer Mike thinks you need to write him a check," is what she said. And I was like, "You," I'm like, "Hey, like, I don't want to be offensive, but like, there's re- I didn't make any money on that batch of beer. Uh, I mean, not. I mean, if the, we were selling it in distro. Or we were selling it out of a tap room because no one could come mm-hmm. in, and so and we price it to move, so we we're getting rid of it. And so I'm like, we didn't make a ton of money on that beer. I was like, if I, you know, I can, I guess I'll offer 500 bucks, but like, I don't want to x myself out of it because in that time they'd said, hey, do you want to be part of this collab? You're gonna be one of 12 breweries in the world to be part of this collab. And so I was like, I don't want to. I don't want to piss you off or be offensive, but man, I really don't have much more than 500 bucks. And she's like, right. I'll take him. I'll take him the idea. $500. I was like, all right. So I got called the next day and she's like, killer Mike uh, thought that was a very generous offer. And he said, keep your $500. Can we please have the art? And so I was like, yeah, you can, I'll, I'll send you the art. Uh, and so then I got the phone, talked to my artist to make sure he was, I mean, it's my art. We paid for it. Right. But I just wanted him to know what was going on. Uh, and, you know, and he was a little bit like, well, what if they put it on, you know, that's, if we're in the jewels uses it, that's going on a million things, you know, and that's not what he charged me for. <laughs> right. Right. And, now, know, now I was like, well, well, I'm oh, sorry. I was going to say the, um, uh, the artist, uh, was that the same artist that came up with the, uh, design for fluffy unicorns? No, that's a different artist. Okay. Cause I, I saw that on, uh, USA today that that yeah, was we ranked. Won. There's as the best label. So I was I was curious if, if if that was the same artist. No, the that artist is Aaron McCall. We met Aaron McCall through Ale Prize, which was a Beer City uh, or a Beer City Brewers Guild 
uh, event that they did called Ale. It was right after Art Prize, which is a big art event in Grand Rapids. And so mm-hmm. we were connected with him uh, through our marketing person. And uh, it was a great, you know, great opportunity for us to meet him. He's awesome. And so he's been doing our art ever since. And so, nice. but those artists, uh, the artists that did run the jewels, there's two, Kyle DeGroff, Elliot Chaltree. Mm-hmm. Elliot Chaltree was one of the two. He made the can that was in USA Today, Prague Underground. And that won first place the year before. Yes, that that was a that was an awesome, awesome design that was on that can. And if, if ever there was a beer that someone would drink just based on the can arts, that was one where somebody should be reaching for that can because that, that that was, was a good amazing can. that was a very good can um one of the things i wanted to ask about um obviously in in a couple months uh, actually i believe it's going to be in may uh that you guys are going to be celebrating your sixth anniversary um so last year you guys brought back the um the uh, bridge blast to to celebrate uh, year yeah. number five. I was curious if there was anything that was going to be planned for for the upcoming anniversary. June seventeenth, we are doing Bridge Blast. Uh, we are going to invite. So we did it last year. We just had no anticipation, or we we were quite surprised at how many people showed up. Uh, we were hoping mm-hmm. for a thousand people. Uh, we handed out over thirty two hundred twenty one and over bracelets uh, that day. And we went through, uh, we had 10 other breweries there. Those 10 breweries went through uh, 40 kegs of beer in two hours. And we went through 46 kegs of beer in the five hours after. And so it was, it was wild. Uh, It was wild how actually, yeah, we went through 48 kegs, but it was just a wild event. So this year uh, we'll have more food trucks. We're going to have a couple more breweries, um, more beer. You know, we just didn't, we didn't want the the purpose of the event was, was all, you know, not just to celebrate five years, but was to raise money for Grand Rapids public school foundation. And if we had a bunch of extra beer left over, that wasn't city built beer, they would have had paid for beer that didn't sell. And that would have, uh, negated or just, you know, detracted from the gift that we were trying to give. And so, uh, we raised $28,000 for him through that party. And so, uh, mm-hmm. this year there'll be more beer, but the, the idea is to like, man, just have just enough so that we can, you know, give the biggest gift possible, uh, to the foundation. Yeah. Uh, now one more before I pass it on to, uh, to Nick, um, now, going back to uh, to USA Today, they had also ranked Grand Rapids, Michigan, as the best beer city in America, um, which actually another real quick uh, shout out to Wendy, as I think she's trying to get a question to the chat, uh, that Trogues was named best brewery tour. So she gets a win for that one. Um, the thing I, I'm curious about is, you know, I've I've been to Grand Rapids a couple times. Um, it to me i i enjoy it as as a beer city but i think I, i'm curious from from your perspective as being a a you know a a brewer there and a brewery owner you know what makes grand rapids better than some of the other cities that are in that top 10 like i, I was actually kind of surprised that madison wisconsin was on there because I've, I've never been out there so i don't know you know, you know I, I mean myself i'm wisconsin i think new glaris and that's it 
Um, and you know, Philly's on that list. So, you know, sorry, Philly, that you got to take another L, but you know, I'm curious about oh. you <laughs> from, it's, from too soon. <laughs> it's, it's never too soon. Uh, I'm just curious from your perspective, what makes Grand Rapids the beer city? I, I'll say that. So, uh, in the, um, the idea of keeping it real, Grand Rapids has time to vote online. That's why we're number one. And Grand Rapids uh, experienced GR specifically, which is the marketing arm of Grand Rapids. They do a great job of advertising that we're Beer City. Um, and so I think those things help quite a bit. So what makes it cool is, is that the city and the people who are um, in charge of highlighting our city has decided that beer is what makes our city really cool. And so they've dug into that. And I think that's a big part of our culture is that, you know, the powers that be rep respect, appreciate, uh, and love, you know, I, I can't tell you how many people who are in office mention beer and, you know, while they're running, you know, and so it's it's part of you know it's kind of part of the uh, uh, the blood work of of the folks in Grand Rapids. But that's that, and there's a, it's easy to get around the city. We have lots of easy public transit. Uh, there's lots of great breweries. Um, there's you know the there's a there's a just a you know between Cedar Springs and you know this full on German fair uh, to Arvine, super hype fantastic beer to gray line who basically is like small batch founders, but almost more, you know, boutique. He's, he's making beer. I mean, he knows all the recipes. Uh, so when he's making, you know, he's making res rye, how it used to be, you know, which is, which is easier to do at 10 barrels at a time than it is to do at hundred barrels at a time. Uh, and so, I, I mean, I think all those things work together to make it a, a really cool beer city. Um, I think they're in the last few years, the new breweries that have come have really elevated the game. Uh, I'd like to put us on that list that may or may not make people happy, but you know, I, I think that we saw an opportunity to elevate the beer scene, even if it was just in our kitchen, but you know, through our beer as well and our approach to beer, uh, we thought it was an opportunity to do something new and neat. So, you know, we're seeing other new breweries doing the same thing and that's really cool. Yeah. All right, Nick, on to you. All right, I'm going to ask uh, Wendy's question, our co-host, who's tried to log on, and I guess where she's at, the internet's not that great. Oh, she's, she's on like a cruise or something. Yeah, she's, she's in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah. Don't, yeah, don't so, feel bad her internet's bad. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Free beer I feel bad for you, Wendy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Wendy's question is, are you going to make fluffy unicorns again? And if so, is there a list that she can be notified if you do? Tell her that she is welcome to buy what's left. There's a, there's a plenty of it. We, when we made that beer, we decided to put it all in cans. And man, it's hard to sell cans in the tap room. Everyone's like, "Well, I really wanted something off tap." However, our thought is there's so much fruit in that beer, so much fruit. Uh, it starts to separate in the kegs, and the great opportunity to uh, get you the best perfect pour is to put it in 16 ounces at a time. 
Uh, and so, uh, fluffy unicorns, if we make it again, we'll probably make it closer to June. Uh, we feel like that can label and the brand itself really leans into uh, Pride Month. Uh, but also look for its its cousin, uh, fuzzy unicorn, which is uh, strawberry pineapple. So we made that for our first year anniversary, and we forgot about it. The other day we were looking through our, we we're like, oh, yeah, that was a great beer. How cool would that be to have fuzzy unicorn and give that skull like a beard or something? <laughs> so that's that's uh, that's my best answer, Wendy, in the Atlantic. She she did she did say don't hate. So I'm guessing she's a little offended by the comments of being in the Atlantic about us saying that she's in the Atlantic. Sorry, Wendy. Oh, I'm and not, she, oh, I'm not she, hating. <laughs> I think Rob, uh, Ken, and I are hating a little bit, but. I mean, not really. I, I love the whole idea of just like suddenly just finding the recipe and just like it's like one of those just lost Legos. You're like, oh shit, that that'll actually build what I'm looking for. Oh I make this beer. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's let's go back to being one of many breweries in Grand Rapids. Um, I, my wife and I, we went to Grand Rapids a few years ago and did a little bit of the beer tour. This is before City Built. Obviously, you guys have come, other breweries have come, maybe a few have gone, but still very, very much um, a very, very, you know, a, a small pond with a lot of you guys swimming in it. How do you, as as owner and founder of City Built, uh, kind of manage to, to be one of many in what's arguably Beer City in Michigan, you know, especially when you have just within just a few blocks of where you're located, you have, uh, I think I saw uh, Mitten Brewing, uh, you have Atwater in, in Grand Rapids, uh, New uh, New Holland in Grand Rapids. And then, of course, um, we won't mention their name. Rob knows who I'm referring to. Uh, Charlotte Street. Charlotte Street. We won't talk about them, but that's OK. How do you manage to kind of stay on top of things in such a a beer city, especially here in Michigan. How do you stay on top of all of it? Keep things fresh uh, and whatnot. Yeah. I, uh, the answer is I'm not sure. I think we started with the idea that, Hey, we're going to be different. Why? Because we're going to highlight my culture, uh, which is not uh, like, we're definitely a minority in West Michigan. Um, it's a, it's a very Dutch, you know, community. Uh, and so, just by offering something different, being specific and intentional about how we want people to treat, be treated and feel in our tap room, specifically, or spe- especially if they look like me. Uh, I mean, those are conversations that we had. And so, but then in that, engage our community. And so, uh, those are the things that we've done. Um, I've seen those things play out in other businesses or with other people and personalities as big wins. Um, it speaks to who I was. I mean, we, the things that we attach ourselves to or try to attach ourselves to, uh, they're not all willy nilly. So, you know, I used to be a teacher. Mm-hmm. And so the fact, the fact that we uh, give to grind ups like schools and give to foundation that actually supports teachers, you know, that's on purpose. Uh, my kids go to grind up as far they, well, one of them still does, but my, you know, uh, we have kids that went to Grand Rapids Public Schools. And so, uh, you know, we're very involved in uh, Stella Fly, which is a, um, 
um, like triathletes, uh, biking, running, whatever, uh, swimming, uh, you know, these are things that we like to do and spend our time doing. And so those are the things that I think help us to connect with our community. Um, and f- as far as, uh, staying relevant in a busy, you know, a, a small pond, um, you know, things like, you know, our food, you know, even though we're not necessarily leaning into the Puerto Rican fair that like we did, it's, it's not dead or done. It's just, we have to pivot because business environment necessitates that we do something different, uh, that create, that has less people, you know, doing it. So, uh, yet, you know, one of our taglines from the beginning was, uh, city builds where cultures collide. Uh, because what I, what I realized, even as I presented my Puerto Rican, uh, menu was that, man, I'm from Ohio. You know, and when you're from Ohio, what you get as a Puerto Rican is going to be very different than a Puerto Rican from Puerto Rico. And, you know, I can remember being at a table and describing, you know, why, why flour tortillas and why this and that. And my mom is in the booth next to it. And she's like shaking her head at me. And it completely threw me off my cake. Like I, you know, it was a spiel. Like I go to every table, I beat people I don't know, try to be as charming as I can introduce them to my, you know, my brand city built and then leave them laughing and then you move on, you know? And so, but she told she's shaking her head at me, told me, you know, totally threw me off my, my spiel. And so I was like, I got to excuse myself. So I, I step over, I was like, my mom's next to you and, and she's, uh, looks, looking at me disapprovingly. So I got to excuse myself. So I, I walk over, I'm like, what's going on? And she's like, that's not how we eat. I was like, what do you mean? That's totally how we eat. She's like, no. That's how you ate because you're from Ohio. And so my family started to, you know, because we were in Ohio, started to marry into other families. And and with that came other cultures. And so as a, uh, in an effort to be, uh, you know, uh, be, uh, what do you call it? Inclusive. Um, we started to have all this different food at our table. And so we started, I started, I noticed, or I saw people eat how, you know, however they felt comfortable because there were so many cultures at the table. And so our, our new menu highlights that. And so our, our new menu is, is Creole and Creole is compasses. Uh, you know, Puerto Rican food is, is basically poor people food and they do great things with what's you know available to them. Well, Creole is the same. There's just a shit ton more cultures involved. And so uh, we're, you know, so it's exciting way to uh, keep our staff excited uh, about what they're doing. I mean, we have a very talented chef. He's very underemployed making tacos. And so now we have an opportunity to get him excited. Now he's already talking about different things like seafood boils uh, and just different other cool things that we can do with this menu because it takes less people because we we've brought in enough different products that those things can make other cool things too. So we are in a busy community and that was the one question I got over and over when we were raising money was, man, it's saturated. What are you going to do? And, you know, and I'm like, man, no one's saying that about churches. There's a, there's a church on every corner in West Michigan. No one's saying that about coffee places. There, you know, there's eight coffee places between me and Atwater, which is half a mile down the road. 
you know, from City Belt, if I'm on the roof of City Belt, I can I can see three other breweries, like the buildings that they're in. You know, and when we decided to raise money and open in our neighborhood, we were joining the Mitten as the only two West Side breweries. By the time we got open, we were one of eight just on the West Side. And so, like, it became a very busy spot. But, you know, since we opened, of of the of the other six or seven that opened up, two of them very closed. Uh, you know, and and don't get me wrong, it's hard right now. <laughs> you know, but that said, uh, we feel like we've done the things that endear us to our neighbors and our na- you know, our community. And so hopefully they continue to show up and support uh until beer's cool again. Right. One of the things uh, I noticed oh, ahead, about Ken. you, I got it, Nick. Uh, one of the things yeah. I noticed about you, uh, Edwin, is every time I go see you at a festival, you are always talking to both, you know, your collaborators, your other brewers, fans, everything. And I realized why the line is so long is because you have a lot to say. You have a lot of things that um, are very intuitive and understanding, especially for the beer culture fan base that we provide. So I do appreciate you taking the time out of your day or your evening tonight to join us. I know we've we've definitely gone back and forth for years trying to get you onto this show, uh, onto Better On Draft, but I'm glad we finally do. As we end every single show, we always go into the final question segment. Something fun, lighthearted uh, before we let you go. I know you have a hard stop, so we will make sure to get you out by your hard stop. Robert, what is your final question easy 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 question you've got all four albums now favorite yes. rtj song well i gotta tell you crown because still crown oh well yeah because it 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 really resonated it just resonated with me that mm. whole year and then also it turned into so much like everything i did i didn't do any of that stuff to meet rtj i didn't do any of that you know what i mean i didn't do anything we did because we were trying to uh stand out it just was what we were going through at the time right and i had so much time by myself uh or in an empty tap room that like that song specifically resonated with me what's you know what's funny about that the whole thing was i have a friend who's a pastor in Grand Haven and we were camp counselors together back in 1994 at Spring Hill camps. And he reached out to me and he's like, Ed, I'm trying to listen to this music, but the filters in my computer will not play run the jewels. (laughs) And so I started laughing. And so I, I took a screenshot of the lyrics and sent it to him. But then I started to really listen to the lyrics. And I don't know if you can remember the song before crown, but it's Uh... nasty. It's nasty. Before Crown, uh, I can't. I can't remember. It's like a, a guys oh, when they rap. Yeah. Yes, it's it's. Oh my God, yes, it's love again. Oh my yes. God, yeah, yeah. That that is not pastor material. It's filthy. <laughs> so I started to think. So I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not kidding. Like I started to really, and I was embarrassed. I was like, Oh my, I can't believe I've been listening to this. But also, I was like, Man, that shit got me through. You know. <laughs> And so I remember talking to him again. I was like, hey, man, when you started asking me questions about this, I was embarrassed. However, my my uh, takeaway is, man, there's truth in everything. 
And sometimes we don't hear truth because we don't like how we get it. And so mm-hmm. there was truth in it. I held on to it and it helped me. So I say crown. Gotcha. Nick, your final uh, question. But oh. I will say though, I'm sorry. I will say the the song with Pharrell in it. Ooh. Oh, just, Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> so I, that would be a, a close, very close second. Depends on the day. Sometimes first. I would I would also just real quick, I would also throw in uh from the Cheat Codes album with uh Black Thought and Aesop Rocky. Um I cannot remember the name of the song. <laughs> I'm gonna look but, it up as soon as we get off though. But that that track is is absolutely ridiculous. That's awesome. Uh Strangers is what it's called. Strangers. All right. I'm I can't think of it, so I'm going to check it out as soon as I get off. All right. Nick. Um, you had mentioned that you were – this is this is normally a fun, a fun question, but I saved my, my last serious question for the last one. Um, you mentioned you were a teacher. I did a little looking around, and you were teaching alternative education. Ken yeah. and I, we have a mutual friend that used to teach alternative education in Detroit – do you feel like that background got you ready to run a business like a brewery? Were you able to take some of those things as a teacher, as an educator, to get you prepared to run a business, uh, especially in Beer City, Michigan? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, I will say this, man, I've had the, the beer thing is, I think, career four. I've changed careers about every seven years eight years. So I taught for eight years. I taught alternative ed for five and then I taught in a prison for three. And then, uh, I became, uh, I worked for a manufacturing company as a manufacturer's rep. That was very short lived eight months. Uh, and then I became a financial advisor with Northwestern mutual. Uh, I was a financial advisor for seven years, actually had a pretty decent career. Uh, I had made more money then than I make today. Uh, but I hated it. Mm-hmm. But I would I would suggest that that career prepped me for what I'm doing today, and and really what what helped me the most is the networking aspect of being an advisor. Like, man, I was trying to meet everybody. I was trying to meet you and your four neighbors, so I could talk to them with the idea that one of the four of you or one of the five of you was going to become a client. Like, right? It was a numbers thing, and so in that I, I learned. Uh, how to network. And when I was starting Northwestern Mutual, or excuse me, when I was starting City Built, uh, those, that skill set, the understanding of knowing how you get people to actually write a check, which was understanding what they value and understanding how taxes play a part in that. Uh, right. Like, so I was able to take everything I got from Northwestern Mutual. Like the, the teaching side was just, man, that was, uh, I always say I'm a leaf. I was a leaf in the wind. I became a teacher because it was the easiest path. I ha- I, I happen to already like to build relationships. I already happen to like to build bridges and write and be connective. And so those things already existed. Like it was the business side uh, that really helped me get started. And it will be the business side that really helps us make it through the next year and a half, which I think will be tough but fun and rewarding. <laughs> All right. All right. 
Uh, I'll ask my question very, very quick, uh, just because I know you've got a hard time right now. Um, you no, are, do your thing. I'm good. You are in the brewery right now. Uh, you guys are celebrating your your fest your not your festival. Excuse me, your um, your anniversary upcoming in June. You decide to throw a party for everyone in the brewery. We're gonna we're gonna paint this oh, picture. Yeah. Um, yeah. What is the beer or beer related game that you want to make sure you have there so you can make sure the kids know who is boss when it comes to that game? Is it beer pong, cornhole, flip cup? Edward someone you to, <laughs> did someone tell you to ask me this question? Because no, if you actually listen to a lot of our previous uh, episodes, this is one of my favorite questions to ask a lot of our guests. So every Wednesday night, I go to Fifth Street Hall, which is a Polish hall in Grand Rapids, with which I am a member. Uh, they have a big meeting space, and we needed a place to have our Christmas parties, and it's cheaper if you're a member. So I'm a member for $36 a year. Uh, but I love it there, and so we spend quite a bit of time there. So every Wednesday, I play ping pong oh. at the Fifth Street Hall, and I would uh, commonly joke that I'm a ping pong small G, OD, <laughs> God. And I almost failed out of college becoming this good ping pong player, but uh, I will uh, I will take any game. Uh, I love ping pong. It's a, it's a fun way to forget the day. It's the the way you say that is funny. At my previous job, um, we were having a corporate meeting in Chicago, and our our like head manager, like the person who led our divisions, like you know, would be awesome. Let's go to this ping pong bar that's got all yes. these tables and stuff, and they set up a tournament for us, and it was a lot of fun. And then she started playing. And then we realized why she chose a random ping pong bar in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, for she was our, good. Our corporate party. Yeah, she was a ringer. That is for yeah. sure. Uh, yes. Edwin, you guys got a new food program coming out. You've got a party next week for uh, right before the beer festival, the day before Friday. What else you got coming out? And where it's can everyone the, find you? It's called the official unofficial. Official unofficial. Uh, and we'll... And so opening band, Citizen Keen, uh, Cameraman, and Bon Twat coming from uh, – Bon Twat is an ACDC cover band with a female lead. Uh, they're playing in the middle. And then closing is Myron Elkins, which is going to be a good show. Um, I believe that Knox Cannabis will be on site. Uh, we have lots of specials for brewers. High Point Tattoo has a list of flash that they're going to be doing at a discounted uh, rate. For the party, starting at 5 o'clock, get your Underberg tattoo. I'm getting an Underberg tattoo that day. Uh, and then what else is happening? The Zombie Kitchen is new. Come check out all the handhelds. Come get that spicy chicken sandwich. Uh, and then we did a collab with Arvine, which I'm really excited about, which is like, man, when we talk about beer and what we're excited about, we talk about big stouts, uh, big fruited sours, whatever. Uh, we made a beer called Premium Select Golden. Uh, Arvon's site is called Premium Select Platinum, and it is an American lager. Our side has corn in it. Their side has rice in it, and it's five uh, percent of it's five percent of awesome. And so I'm I'm excited about that beer. Uh, and then we're releasing a barley wine next week as well called Luepa, which oh. is a very which is a very Puerto Rican term. Uh, when your friend like when your friend has a kid, uh, Wepa. 
Uh, when something good happens in your life, wepa. Uh, when you trip over first base and fall on your face, wepa. Uh, but wepa is a 14% barley wine with coconut, uh, dolce de leche, and vanilla. And it's so good. So, Excuse me, but we're releasing barley wine. Mm. We have uh, four <laughs> barley wines and bottles being released that day. So they're just different variants of the same barley wine. One of oh. our uh, guest hosts and writers, Danielle, is asking. So before we go, she wants to know: Will Look Ma uh, hands hands ever come back? It will because we have labels left, and that's uh, the cheapest way to put a beer out. <laughs> All right. So yes, good. absolutely, absolutely. That's going to do it for the Michigan Beer Series episode thirty-six. Thank you so much, Edwin, for joining us. No matter what you think of your beer, we think it's Rob. Better on draft. <laughs> Have a good night. Peace. Peace.